love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Welcome back to an episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my lovely co-host, Jane Kelly Hammer. And um, you are, you're in for a, a fun, fun episode. But before we get into it, um, I do want to take a moment um, to just shout out the different places that you can find us hanging about in the interwebs. Um, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Movies We Missed, and you can also find us Tweet, tweet, tweeting over on Twitter at MWM Chat. Uh, Jane, uh, how are you doing? How are you doing today? What's going on? <laughs> I'm good. We gotta like, we gotta do something on our Twitter <laughs> because we like yeah, every I'm week we say really... we're twit, twit, twitting away. But let me <laughs> tell you, there are tumbleweeds on our t- um, our Twitter. Page. I'd love to see you yes step up on on that front as a social yeah. media maven and like <laughs> make that. Um, <laughs> happen not... i guess what's the expression but put, put your money where your mouth is well Brandon... you've been talking about how you were going to get that set up for weeks <laughs> every time i talk to you you're like our twitter oh, is start. i've got our these twitter great, like, ideas. first of all 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 you need to have every seat in your home because <laughs> you have literally literally never done anything on our social media I so don't even don't know how. I haven't been given the credentials to do anything, Mama. I don't know how to. And I really, I count it on you because you always talk about how you're so good at social media. And what I've been I waiting to see evidence saw? of it. I do not It hasn't always... materialized. And okay, so, so, so for those of people, so for people, for, for people listening, I knew we were going to start it with a fight today. It felt spicy to begin with. Well, you, you so... wanted it. <laughs> for people you listening. Wanted it. You came for me. <laughs> You went knock 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 and I answered the door and I said, Hey, looking for me, Mama? And you Let's go. chose violence. Okay, so actually Tara Get your lie runs. ready. Hold on, take a second, breathe. This is not a lie. Tara runs our social media. I don't do anything, but she does a great job at it. But we, can we don't, get, she, I don't do anything isolated. Just oh so God. I can use it for a ringtone or something. Send it and let's let's get Brandon saying something egregious later so I can make it my ringtone because I'm sure Ugh. it's coming. Here we go. <laughs> We are we are coming in hot today. I apologize, listeners, but Apologies also <laughs> I said to the listeners, but you know what I'm you're a getting. listener you, right now. If, what if, do you call if, this? If, <laughs> Taking it all in, whether I want to or not. If this is not your first time listening, you know what you signed up for. If this is your first time listening, I guess it's like straight into the deep end for you. No, so. if this is your first time listening, we're gonna get better, better. <laughs> This is just um, a rare occasion for us. <laughs> I would love to get straight in on this bad boy. Oh, okay. Because Jenny I would love to, to get into I the don't... movie. Well, okay. So I had never heard of this movie before Brandon assigned it. And we did. We broke our own rule because we did a thing that we never do, which is we both like, well, first of all, we were on the phone on the way home yesterday i was on my way home from work and brandon called me and we were both like oh we're gonna watch we're both gonna watch krippendorf's tribe 
Um, and so we were like, oh, we're watching that like tonight before dinner. So hung up the phone and we both like press play around the same time, just coincidentally. And <laughs> we never, it's like a rule for us to never talk about the movie until we get like hit the record button. We want it all but, to be fresh for, for you guys. Exactly. You know? We want, want you, you to, to get hear everything our hot takes. <laughs> as soon as you know as we get them from each other Absolutely. but this time because <laughs> brandon hadn't seen this movie in a really long time and i'd never seen it he facetimes me like 30 minutes in with just like <laughs> just we didn't actually he... speak i just nope. <laughs> i just like gave i just wanted her to see my bulging eyes and my mouth of ape just at what was taking place um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, in, in my defense, I have not seen this movie. I, your boy saw this movie the week it came out for some reason. I don't know why. I, I mean, think if I remember vaguely correctly, what I think might have happened is I used to go to the movies with my mom. Shout out mom. She doesn't listen. But I used to go to the movies with her and me and my mom would sometimes go to different movies and then like we'd meet up. And if I, my mom probably was going to see like Titanic or something and like, I probably, what? You would miss Titanic, or was it like a second viewing? Um, I don't, I don't remember seeing. I think maybe I saw Titanic in theaters, but it may have been like a second viewing on her part. That feels very mm-hmm. my mom. Um, but I was, but I would probably was seeing this. Like me and my mom, I would go see like, like I remember one time I went to see the first Wives Club. <laughs> and my mom went to see The English Patient, and then, like, my movie would end, and I'd go into her movie, and I remember how much more of her movie was left, and I was appalled, um, and just watching Juliette Binoche walk around in the Sahara Desert with, like, a freshly pressed, like, white Oxford on. It was just like, what? Um, yeah, and I also remember being, me. I thought that also side note, I thought the first wives club was going to be about three former president's first wives. <laughs> and I was so excited for some reason. I don't know and what, what you I got was, was so much better. The first wives I, club. But why did I, but why was I excited about that? Like what? Like Barbara and Laura Bush, like supping together. Like, I don't know why I needed to see like Mamie Eisenhower, you know, and Nancy Reagan, like clinking glasses. But I really was like, I was like, Ooh, I wonder like which one Goldie Hawn is. He was like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" And like, I remember you getting get the these movie. Ideas when you're kids. When you're, I was kid just like, "That's what it something. is." Yeah, I gotta see it. And I remember getting in there and like being like, "What? <laughs> no, they're not." She was married to an executive. She wasn't married to a president. It's like, what did I think was gonna happen in this film? I do understand how you arrived at that opinion based on the um, on the title of the movie. I was the I was first a ten year old boy. Um, and like yeah, every 10 year old boy, if I saw, you know, Bette Midler <laughs> or Goldie Hawn's names in the marquee, I was there. You were first um, in line, baby. <laughs> they, they've, they've notoriously been fodder for, for schoolboys. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, um, but anyway, that's, I think how this happened. I think it was like a movie that was there and I'd heard of it and I was like, oh, it'll be. And like, you know, I remember seeing this movie and vaguely being like, oh, this can't be right. Um, but <laughs> well, Tara admitted to me what she was like, I have seen this movie multiple times. And she was like, I was so blown away by watching it as an adult now with like perspective. I was like, oh my God, we watch it. And it's just, well, why don't we do this? Why don't you go ahead and give your little synopsis? Yeah. 
and then we'll jump in because we are just <clears throat> not. I'm gnawing, gnawing at okay. the wound. I don't know what that means. All right, here we go. James Krippendorf is a newly widowed and barely tenured professor at a prestigious university where he worked in the anthropology department alongside his recently deceased wife, Jennifer. After discovering that he is to lead a lecture series this very evening and having literally no research to present, he finds himself in quite a pickle. You see, Professor Krippendorf has already spent the $100,000 grant that he received to do field research on indigenous populations in New Guinea. But what did he spend it on, you might ask? Day-to-day -day suburban trivialities, my friend. Now, faced with a presentation where he will have to present his discoveries, he makes what can only be described as an appalling series of decisions. First, he makes up a fake tribe from the names of his three children, Shelley, Mickey, and Edmund, which frivolously coalesce to form the Shell Mickid Moo tribe. Now that he has a name for his barbarous bastardization, and has obtained the manic assistance of Veronica Michelli, his one-time student and now professional colleague in keeping up his charade, he is all but set. As long as he can keep Ruth Allen, a fellow professor who smells the whiff of lies in the air from discovering his deceit, will he go to ghastly lengths to cover up his deception? Will you be deeply offended regardless of the outcome? Will you have a better understanding of why I refer to this film as Mr. Holland's Oh No? Yes, yes, and more yes. Debates exist to this day on whether or not this movie is a screwball or a slapstick comedy. But what we can all agree on is that it's irresponsible. Join us for an unconscionably problematic journey into the dumpster fire that is Krippendorf's tribe. <laughs> that was a wonderful summation. I was... I, um, Dave very rightly called out the term barely tenured, which I thought was great. <laughs> so shady. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, yeah. I would say Professor Krippendorf deserves a bit of shade for this. Um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> also, um, just February 27th, 1997, this movie came out. Um, we I can't find a record of how much it made. Disney's been keeping that under wraps. I I thought it was. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I can't find. I can't find a record of the budget, meaning how much it was spent on it. But I okay. did see somewhere that um, they took quite the hit on this one, and there were a couple of other ones that didn't um, that didn't too well do too well for them. Um, it, it made around seven point five million dollars though at the box office. Um, was it came in at like it, number seven the first week? You said um, February nineteen ninety seven, but I thought it was nineteen ninety eight. That that is what I meant. My apologies. Okay. Um, I, I oh, meant ninety eight. I'm always caught up in ninety seven because you know, <laughs> who isn't? Yeah. Uh, but no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Thanks for that correction. Um, and uh, yeah, it didn't make it didn't make a bundle. Um, <laughs> and uh, the world was still. I mean, it didn't make a bundle because it's trash. But the world was also still in you know in the throes of Titanic at this point. It was like... Right, that's where most of the money It's like releasing going. an album, you know, within two months of Adele. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Uh, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. That's, um, Anyways, that's why that's my album isn't doing that well, but um, I guess she hasn't released hers yet, so... Your uh, album? It's not doing as well as I had hoped, but it's, I... It was deconstructed... Nursery rhymes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that sort you of tricked Diplo into producing, if I remember how that Yeah, happened. it was sort of like nursery rhymes with like an edge. So like um... That's why you brought in Fifi Dobson to 
You are always out. trying to align me with. Oh, by the way, in. guess who was a guest judge last week on Drag Race Canada? Who? Fifi Dobson? Dobson. Oh my god! And one of the contestants, they were like doing the quick little thing where they all like explain how excited they are about who the guest judges, and one of the contestants was Which like, "Which is so it would She was an icon. Like she was like, you know, Fifi Dobson is a rock star, and like she like bridged oh the gap in music, and like she made it cool to be like a rocker of color and like all this stuff. And I was like, man, we're giving her a lot, like an icon. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, Dave oh. points out maybe she was in Canada, and you know what? That's what it's all we about when it comes down we, to it. We weren't there. We weren't there. So we can't. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I will say, like, had Avril Lavigne not come along, I feel like it would have been Fifi's world and we would just be living in it. You know what I mean? That's actually a really, a really good point. Her and that skater boy messed everything up. She was really mm-hmm. a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. Although she has, like, a fun song out right now with uh, Willow Smith that I, I, I saw. Like, they did, like music video together and i was like oh this song is kind of catchy it like had fifi or avril avril sorry oh yeah i mean avril is like kind of kept it going i know my friend james like really liked that song she put out about lyme's disease or something um sure I don't know. He really loved it. And like, I watched the video with him and he was like, why aren't you crying? I was like, I'm just not connecting to this. But you know what? I'm glad people are. And that is important for them. Um, so. I, I didn't, never mind. Nothing. Hmm? Nothing. I don't want to make anybody's editing job harder. So let's just not do it. <laughs> As if we don't try it hard enough so let's go straight into the movie um as i've said before i had zero idea what it was about all i did was google it so i could find out where to stream it threw it up on amazon prime and the first thing i see as the like production companies are rolling out in the opening credits you know was, you know how they'd give that little warning in the upper left corner? Um, sometimes it's like swearing and smoking or like sexual content. It's It had a blackface warning. And I turned to Tara and I go, what? And she goes, oh my God, I've never seen that before. And she was like, yeah, you're about to see a lot of blackface. And I was like, what? Eva, what are we watching? I, I, had, I missed that. I did not Ooh. see that. Um... Old, I immediately started sweating. <laughs> yeah, I, I had not, I had not, I missed that yesterday. Um, <laughs> I was fighting with some cats though too before the movie started. They had a good old fashioned, trashy alley cat showdown behind the couch. So you know, I have to pick sides. It was a whole thing. Um, so I think I missed that at the beginning. But I mean, I guess they're finally. It's like Disney with like I love now when Disney at the beginning of like Aladdin when you when you play Aladdin they're like. You know, uh, hindsight is a bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's like Pocahontas was a poor decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, and had we known what we know now in 1998 or whenever Pocahontas came out, I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we do want to point out that black uh, actress and singer Vanessa Williams did agree to be a part of it. So <laughs> we really, you know, we got some POC support. Um, and that and in Griffin. White and in know. Krippendorf's tribe, um, there are a number of actors of color, none of who had clearly any say in what was happening. No, they were just trying to cash a check. Showed and, up for a paycheck. industry that never centered them. And like, 
Right. You know, it's like either just, I'm here or I'm playing, you know, a, you know, a, a, a butler, a, a, a wisecracking butler in another, in another movie. So yeah. Sure. Or some nondescript in, indigenous person. Exactly. Um, like, which sure, is them's the, the breaks. The case with this movie. Oh my God. But I mean, it, it, center, it centers around <sighs> Professor James Krippendorf, who is the least likable person ever yeah. committed to screen. He's awful and like he's unsympathetic and also yeah. it's like it's so unclear at the beginning of this movie like there's so many things that they don't bother to like suss out. Like 100%. First, like we see the movie opens with like these clips of like his family on vacation in New Guinea it seems. So like they he was there. I mean, what I sort of He was gathered... there because he and his wife are anthropologists, and so they were studying this particular tribe, but there was a, like, un... a quote-unquote undiscovered tribe that they were looking for that they never found. Yeah, exactly. And so... And the whole idea... Sorry, I keep... I'm sorry. No, I'm no, 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 go. say. <laughs> yeah, no. But the whole idea of a, quote, undiscovered tribe is so, like, is such a Christopher Columbus vibe. It's like, fuck you. What does undiscovered mean? Like, just because you in, like, suburban California don't know about these people and their lifestyle, they're, quote, undiscovered? Like, what does that mean? It does. It's not. It doesn't mean anything. It's nonsense. You know what I mean. It's like very. No. It's also like this. the reification of like a group of people being directly tied to like, like a Western purview that like centers mm-hmm. like you know their existence around like, you know the confines of, of like white, col- white colonial rule. Like right. You know, once we decide that you are a thing and we name you, then mm-hmm. you exist. Exactly. You know, once you are, yeah, once you are an entity within, like, you know, within the scope of, like, white scholarship, then, like, conversation can be born from that, and, like... You've been discovered. You've been discovered, <laughs> and you are, and you now have, like, a place, you know, on the mantle of, like, one of these, like, you know, freaking, you know, academics. Like, so it is Right, it's, it's very, like, you like, aren't oh. legitimate until you've been studied by, like, you know western colonialist america or whatever and it's so it's so gross because it's like i mean i know it's supposed to be a comedy but it's like it's very it's rooted in that white supremacy in that colonialism that we all like you know live within and it's it's just egregious oh for sure we're like i mean you're the decider you're the arbiter right and like you are in charge of knowledge making and you get to like you know, place the stamp of approval. And and it's also, like, posits the idea that, like, until you are discovered, like, you cease to exist, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Until we set our, our lily white eyes on you. So <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Also, like, this movie sort of, like, it's so funny. The very first, the beginning of the movie is the credits are rolling. We get, we're getting, like, sort of this footage from, like, them actually in New Guinea. So we see that there's actual film footage that exists of them there. Natasha Leone is, like... She's. I, I was thinking, why is she being so weird? And then I realized that she was like playing a child who was like four or five years, it seems, younger than she would have than she is currently. But she like yeah, had her hair in these like plaits, and she was like doing this like really like goofy face. And I was like, what's she doing? What's going on? And then I was like, oh. And then when we move into present day, at the end of the opening credits, we realize that she's now like probably around 16, 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. and like. So we get that, like they were trying to, they were trying to cue us into the fact that all of this was sort of like in better times, and like we see her like 
her mother in the clips, you know, she's giving, you know, Scylla war teas. Um, it's not our girl because Scylla would never. Um, and this but... person appears on film for three seconds. But also, like, it is never covered how the mother dies, right? It's never covered. Also, they only touch on this really briefly, but there's a moment, Ruth Allen, played by, like, a redheaded Lily Tomlin, who somehow signed on for this. Um, <laughs> they, it's, uh, but Lily Tomlin's character, when she's a professor at the university, and sort of like at the beginning of the movie, we meet uh, Jenna Elfman of Dharma and Greg and, you know, um, Miss David Miscavige fame. Um, she is in Wait, the mix. Wait, what do you mean? Hold on. What do you mean? Is she is she a Scientologist? Yes. Jenna Elfman? Oh my God, I had no idea. Can you give me two seconds? Because I need to like Google Is she that. there? <laughs> no. Is that Elfman sitting in the corner next to her co-star, Thomas Gibson, from Dharma et Greg, as they call it in French. I just Googled Jenna Elfman, Scientologist, and the first thing from March 12, 2020, Jenna Elfman defends Scientology in new interview. Okay, sure, she gone. She she, she, yeah, if she wants that check, she knows what she's got to say. Oh my god, I didn't know. Uh, here's the thing. I pay zero attention to Jenna Elfman. I feel like you are kind of like, you bring her up every now and again and um, think of her. I didn't I, I didn't watch Dharma and Greg. I don't. So like when she pops up, I'm like, oh, Jenna Elfman. With her weird fucking hair in this movie. Did you, her hair was so weird. Her hair was really strange. I couldn't get an idea. <laughs> I felt like her, I felt like she wanted her hair to be shorter than it was. And so she was doing things to make it look shorter, which is such a strange observation. So it's so like, why are you like performing? Like weird... a, it was like a, it was a performance of a pixie. It was like, <laughs> you, if you it's want it, then so... you want it. If you don't, then you don't. To, like make the commitment. It looked general. like, it looked so, I thought to myself though, it, okay, first of all, a lot of work for like really like little reward, but like <laughs> they are like these individual like pin curls all like crowning the outside of her hair. And it's all like these intricately like curled and then clipped pieces. And I just thought that must take, like, I know obviously she didn't do her own hair, but I'm just saying that must not. have taken forever so long. for this and to be the her... result. It gives her hair so much height and it's like so that's why it's that's why it's like pixie performance because it's not an actual pixie. And so it's like she's clearly has a weird in between length. Maybe she got like a haircut and she's growing it out mm-hmm. and they were like, "Okay, well this is how we sort of game the system here where or if it was you reshoots extension cuz those are the scenes that needed to be touched again. It was, it was reshoots and they brought her back and she was like, "I'm not cutting my hair again. Not for this shit show." No, because her hair was the same length. And then David Miscavige was in the corner and he like he gave her the look like, "We don't talk back to men." <laughs> and then he and then he punched a, a close ally. No, he attached her to one of those like robot machines that like check your like what is it when they check like your wavelength? It's the it's the, the going it's the clear machine or whatever or the um oh god what are they called like electro something? It's uh, the the electrodes that equalize the cans. Yeah. Like you hold on to the two cans and then you have you tell to them, have to hold on to both. You can't do it with you, one hand. You and they like have some meter and then you tell them the deepest darkest secret about you know your failing marriage and then they use it against you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So You're that's like, what I know. I know that's why Tom Cruise is in so deep because he really he revealed some shit. You're like my my husband's unavailable and then the machine just computes like frigid. Catch. <laughs> no, no, it's all being turned around. What's with the back talk, Betsy? Don't make us put you in the cool dip again. <laughs> what is the 
called it? I don't know. I'm just assuming. Okay. If like I was there and I was bath. just speaking with authority, like if I was, well, first of all, my black ass. <laughs> I'm not exactly allowed to make rules and be alone in rooms with white women, but I'm sure that like, you know, if I was like the cool dance, unless, then they'd probably unless, like, yeah, 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 more of that. <laughs> unless you were really famous. But I do think also. Yeah, I know. I would just be like, I'm Donald Fasian. And they'd be like, sure. <laughs> they'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> no, they'd probably, they'd be like, oh, you're you're not quite you're not quite light enough, but sure. <laughs> it's been a while. Like I spent the sun in the sun. <laughs> I got some sun this summer. Leave me alone. I enjoyed racist. Miami. Why would you say that, Jane? What you say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, when I catch you, when I catch you, when I catch you by the neck. Um. So yeah. <laughs> wait, so that wait. happened. Hmm? Oh, I forgot. I was gonna say I had something good. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Have you ever heard, this is so random, but I heard it the mm. other day. It's such a good song. Have you ever heard that Son of a Gun song? It's Janet Jackson and Carly Simon. It's of course. So it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I was on, um, Janet Jackson is such an icon. I was listening so, to her the other day and at the gym and I was just like, oh God. Like, it's so on great. one of my favorite albums of hers. I can't remember which one. Oh, but... yeah. Is that I think we talked. No, or is it's it before. It's you? before. It's, I think it's all for you. I think it's. I think we've That's talked about album. this album on the podcast before, it's but that great, is. We, I think impact, it's from guys. that one. Talk about well, a discography. Just talk about casually scrolling through a discography and then just being like, "Oh my!" Being like, God. "Hit, hit, 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 hit." Like, it's a no skip. It's a no skip moment. You guys oh aren't giving. I, no, you guys are not giving Janet enough. We're and done. I'll say we're it. not, and we're we're done. We're pissed. We're pissed. Let's talk about the movie because I just okay. I, I'm so yeah I still yeah we still have a lot to say so uh, okay so God there's so many things um so yeah so Richard Gere he is and I did notice in a couple of scenes that um, Richard Dreyfus Brandon Richard Dreyfus I am so sorry it's because Gear's name is like apparently stuck on my tongue I mean I, it's I don't easier mean for Dreyfus it is a harder name to say Richard Dreyfus Dreyfus. Um, so Dreyfus. that's like that's, the vibe that's his vibe I just, I, just am, I just imagined him at like Jamba Juice like and then putting his order through and like the cashier like you know him waiting on his like strawberry tsunami and the cashier being like one strawberry tsunami for a Richard Gear and him going, <laughs> um, that is his whole vibe in this he's American edit. gigolo and in most movies Um, but that is his vibe in most movies he, he, and he gets very like well okay. there's so something that tara said that made me fucking lose my mind when we were watching this is she goes richard dreyfus looks like he was born to yell at children <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's so fucking yeah. true <laughs> he has the he has the proper amount of like just ornery angry like, dad vibes yeah curmudgeon for sure um yeah i'd watch a video of like richard dreyfus as like a crossing guard at an elementary school just like move it what is this the mosey lane come on carl you were slow yesterday it's slow today you gotta be slow tomorrow one foot in front of the other that's always the way it's been that's always the way it will be i don't care what your namby pamby parents tell you oh huh raising you Raising you with everybody getting a reward wasn't like that in my day. When I won the Oscar, it meant something. Um, Anyways, he's like this so, the whole movie. And he's fundamentally unlikable, and he doesn't grow. 
And um, he like he when he's uh, just like from the beginning, he's rude. Like when Jenna Elfman like shows up at his house and is like, <laughs> "I'm your former student. I'm so inspired by you." He's so fucking rude to her. <laughs> There's okay. So yeah, that's like okay. So hold on. So yeah. So we should start. There. Okay, that's a great place to start. So so Jenna Elfman shows up at his house and she first of all she does let herself in. The house is a mess, but like quickly she like reveals herself and she's like hi like i'm a former student and he's like good get out and just like hold on like maybe there's a reason she's here and like thank goodness she shows up because she's the one who basically tells him like yeah there's like i'm so excited for your your talk tonight at the university and he's like what talk and she's like i've been emailing you and no you no she says she says didn't you get my facts and i wrote Things you don't hear in 2021. <laughs> like, no, I didn't get your fucking facts, sweetie. <laughs> She's like, didn't you hear my facts? Didn't you get my facts? And then, like, he realizes that it's a piece of paper that one of his children has been drawing on, must have pulled from the fax machine and just used as, like, coloring book paper, basically. <laughs> and he realizes, oh, I've got a talk to do tonight. And I thought about the amount of, like, the amount of, I guess, like loopholes that would have to be fallen through in order for you to not be aware of the fact that you have this major like speaking engagement at the university like i love that like it's just this fact that's the only thing it's like not a call from the president of the university like hi we know your wife died recently like we just want to touch base to make sure you're in a good place to like clear how recent the it's wife so died. Uh, what we but we would we know we know that his youngest child who i believe they say is five years old in the movie mm-hmm brings up the fact that he remembers their mother he says when mom was still here which leads me to believe that like it's fairly recently um but also it you are right it is unclear it's never set up we don't understand if he's been on some sort of like sabbatical and that's why he's sort of just now get like his like as far as like his it seems like after you know jenna elfman arrives she provides him with this information about this like talking engagement that she's so excited about and then he's like, oh, you know, I'm ready. And then she's like, do you need any help? And he's like, no. And it's like, okay, first of all, she's offering you, like, an olive branch. But, like, go off. And you need nothing. <laughs> and, like, you, you have Nobody nothing. needs help this much. Yeah, nobody needs as much help as you need. Like, and you then, are clearly not running a tight ship. You let a strange woman walk into your house where your children are there. You, Your house is absolutely covered in, like, detritus. <laughs> a woman comes in and tells you you have to be somewhere this evening. And then you have freak out because you've spent all the grant money that you were supposed to spend Jane, on discovery. You just, blew, you just blew that out there. That was going to be a whole other appalling point. What? With um, with Stephen Root. We're gonna. I just. I, I wanted to. I wanted to really. I already mentioned it in the synopsis, but I wanted to really like bring home the irresponsibility. Of well, I, that's a point of mine too. I was just mentioning it in this list of things, where it was like I. I we can talk about. No, you're it right. Further. No, you're right. I, I you're wasn't right. like. A, I was being half playful, but then it, it turned weird and got kind of. Silly, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I didn't I didn't understand. No, um, I love you so much. Cut this out, Dave. <laughs> well, I just just mean to say that he's not running a tight ship and the whole thing is like if I was if I had to give a lecture that evening and I forgot about it and I had been given a grant and was supposed to prepare for this like seemingly it sounds like he had like maybe like a couple of months to like get this going no mama 
oh, oh, that much money? No, that seems like you've had like years. That's no, 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 oh, no, no. That's oh, what I mean. I mean, oh. like at least like since he's returned and had gotcha. to like prepare for this. And so <laughs> I would either fake getting hit by a car or actually get myself hit by a car in order to get out of doing this being unprepared. Like, but the ego of like an insanely like privileged middle-aged white guy who's a professor like of course he's just gonna go in and wing it oh uh, and also i want to point out that like during the scene that follows the scene where jenna Elfman shows up and is like i'm excited for your lecture tonight and then he's like what lecture and then he's like get out <laughs> um during the scene he's scrambling to the university and he gets there and we see on the door so his wife has died recently enough that on the door of his office it still says it still says Dr. James Krippendorf and Dr. Jennifer Krippendorf on the door of his office. Mm -hmm. It is in big mm -hmm. letters, which tells us that it had to have happened recently enough that the university hasn't gotten around to doing this simple task of, like, removing her name, which, which is, is something some ways, that can like, be... disrespectful. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's like, welcome to the mausoleum, baby. You know? like <laughs> Welcome so... to your world of broken dreams. You built exactly. a life and it's gone. Yeah, welcome that to the, the old... Um, Boulevard of, of broken dreams as, you know, the, the band Green Day would have. I knew you were searching for what band that was. Was that right? <laughs> I think it is Green Day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But it was like, because I was like, I think, I, while you were saying that, I was like, in my mind, I was like, Green Day, right? And then I was waiting for you to say it, and I was like, oh, he's stalling because he doesn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I was trying to... Welcome to my world. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but he comes in the office, and then, like, we get, like, oh, we get the real tea from Miss Ruth Allen, played by the incomparable Lily, Lily Tomlin. Uh, I was about to say Lily Allen, by the way, and I was like, that can't be right. Okay, um, that's certainly so, not right. She was um, like a child when this came out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Lily Tomlin comes in and she basically alludes to the fact that like his wife was the brains behind the whole operation and like he is you know which pales in comparison yeah absolutely but also she says which is like something they could have also talked about not that it would have made any of this more forgivable but like at least it could have been a moment of him being like i don't know how to do this without her you know what i mean something mm -hmm. at least to explain his ineptitude uh, but you're right. He's so oh, caught he's up in like the delusion. Oh, for sure. That. Yeah. But there's this moment where, she, but she says like, "Oh, like I saw the grant proposal, and I assumed that um, your um, your old pointers had been behind that one because uh, it uh, was not a fully sussed out idea, and that <laughs> seems pretty much unbrand for you. I know your wife, having been way smarter than you, um, would not have allowed that to go. So it must have been something that's happened since she passed." Um, and, and just so, like, he, you just get this idea that he's just this man who's just been supported by this very smart woman. Oh, in for his sure. Life. And like, she's probably then, like, carried him through. And probably they really wanted her at this. Sorry, Jen, I mean, probably they really wanted her at this university. And then she probably was like, well, what about my loser husband? And then they were <laughs> like, because that kind of stuff sometimes, you know, I've heard tell of like plays and stuff like that. You want a certain actor. And it's like, oh, well, you got to find her. You got to find something for my husband. It's like, we'll give him. We'll give him a role to putter around and, you know, approximate on stage emotionally. To, quote, sink his teeth into. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll give him a role to gum, because we know he's incapable <laughs> of actually sinking his teeth into it. But we imagine that he can, you know, gum the hell out of it. Oh, um, I really, really don't like the word gum used as a verb, like, to, to gum something. You got a gummer. You got a gum gum. <laughs> 
What did I say to Dave earlier? Dave earlier today, like, and today I mean like 30, 40 minutes ago, we were in the kitchen and Dave made me a drink. And um, I, and then he, I asked him if he was going to put cherries in it because I knew we had cherries and um, he hadn't put them in yet. And then it was, we were about to start the podcast. And so um, I like went in the refrigerator and I pulled out the cherries and I looked at him and I go, ha ha, I always get my cherry. And then he said, ugh, that is the grossest phrase. And then I thought about it, and I was like, that is, it's, it's despicable. Like, I thought about, like, what the context was, and I was like, that just sounds like the grossest old man who's, like, on the hunt for, like, young, nubile women. Yeah. I always get my cherry. It also doesn't sound like consents on the table, either, when you say a statement like that. It sounds like it's, you live in gray areas. (laughs) Alexa, play Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. Actually, definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. We all twerk to it, and we know better. I know. Um, well, we 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 know better now, which is which is the theme of this podcast today. Hopefully, this crew, casting crew, knows better now. <laughs> absolutely right. I'm sure everybody's just got their heads down. I'm sure somebody brings this up to Natasha on the uh, Russian doll set. She probably tries to slip out of the room as quickly as she, possible. I mean, she was a minor. I don't take any. I I no. Yeah, she. Oh, she. I don't put any parents. Maybe. Also, I love that Natasha Leone in this movie is just Natasha Leone. She's oh, for like... sure. Has a completely different accent than anyone than else the in the rest film. of the family. And everybody's like, sure. Yeah. Um, Our daughter, the, the lone New Yorker of the family. <laughs> She's like, Dad, you can't just go around pretending to be a, a tribe from New Guinea. It's like, okay. Where'd that voice come from, though, sweetie? <laughs> it's also like, I mean, well, no, we've seen her transform before, so it's really funny. No, no, because, I, this no, is no, no, by no, the I, way. No, I wasn't we, coming for you. I was thinking out loud, and I was like, oh, we've seen Natasha give, like, performances where, like, although of, this is this her is bread and butter. Me. Yeah, no, this is not me coming for Natasha. I love, let me tell you, she was like one of my favorite parts of this movie because she, it was Natasha and like well, also, doing her voice. She, and She was the, also the voice of reason in like a sea of nonsense. We also right. got Tom Poston and Elaine Stritch as the grandparents. Oh my God. I, I didn't love... know who the guy was, but I did know Elaine Stritch, of course. And she was underutilized. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um... Tom Pawson, a uh, wonderful, wonderful actor. He was on um, the Bob Newhart show. Um, oh, he's been okay. a bunch of stuff, though. He, he's really, like, a uh, fabulous um, actor. Yeah. And it, Oh, it was, yeah. I, I recognize him. I know who he is, totally. It was so funny, though, to me, partly because Elaine Stritch also was just... It, Elaine Stritch was dressed like Elaine Stritch, which also yeah. is, like, very, like... It's very, like, New York and, like, kind of European a little bit. Like, the way that, like, Elaine Stritch dresses. It's, like, it may be, like, it's, like, very East Coast, like, posh. Way too it's fancy like, for whatever suburban town they were in. It's these really, like, fabulous... It's the way that Elaine Stritch... I love Elaine Stritch's fashion. It's, like, these mm-hmm. really wonderful pantsuits and, like, sweater vests. And, like, she'll sometimes do, like, a pussy bow. Um, mm-hmm. Or just, like, almost like a bolo. Like, it's just this... It's very chic and, like... It is not at all like this like suburban grandma and it's like you're not married to Tom Poston at all. No. Like no world are you two a couple. Um And I love how she like opens like the first time you see her, she opens the door holding a martini and it's like in my mind I was just like, that's how she showed up to set with her own martini and she said Let's get filming. <laughs> like, opened the door. No, what she said was, All right, boys, let's get filming. Or whatever the hell we want to call this. <laughs> and then she was like, well, you know. 
And she was like, I'll do my four scenes or whatever she's in. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, 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 Dickie, I guess we could call this Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, huh? <laughs> I just imagine pun after pun. Um, but yeah, so Jenna shows up, he goes to the office, we find out that he's not the brains of the family. Um, and then there's like this moment with Stephen Root, who like is the voice of reason, shockingly, in this film. Kind of adjacent, sort of, and uh, sort I, of. I wouldn't say anybody is technically the voice of reason, but like maybe someone with a a, a more aligned moral compass. <laughs> yeah, and a little bit more in like with in, a little bit more understanding of like reality. Um, right. But there's this moment where like his character is um, alone with um, James Crippendorf. Um, and they are having a, a conversation before the talk sort of begins and, um, his character, Gerald. Yeah. Dean, Dean, Gerald Adams and his character mm -hmm. said, and he basically says he references a colleague of theirs who's been fired, um, and, um, and put and gone to prison, um, for, uh, fraud basically which is like it's a cat this casual conversation right before he presents so you see the wheels turning. right before he commits an egregious count of craw of fraud like in front yeah, of a oh, like absolutely hundreds of people <laughs> and i mean he gets up on and i mean okay so jane brought this up earlier and i mean yeah like so we're talking about a hundred thousand dollars like that's so much money especially in like 1998 it's like that's a crazy amount of money to get at to get from a university. I I feel like I'm not that familiar with that with like amounts of money that are given out for like anthropological like like excavations and things like that, but 100k is a lot of money to have just like spent. Yeah, and with the inflation calculator, that's $168,288, which is yeah, that's crazy. A closer to $200,000, which he spent on his children, on big screen TVs, like everything but it would appear although like throughout the movie he's getting all these calls from like the bank like being like have you have yeah so bills? not so you well you'd expect for the house to be at least in good standing considering that you <laughs> no spent of course not. over 100k it's like that's the least like at least you did that like you could have just what like you didn't pay your mortgage I know. Like, it's and just he doesn't look so concerned. The thing is, he doesn't look concerned in the slightest. And that is the privilege of a white man who is about to <laughs> go and steal and make up a whole, a whole damn fake culture in order to get more money and keep the money he's been given and put his children to the, to work his children to the bone, teach them. Literally, this is like the worst um exercise in parenting i've ever seen i think it's like it's no he gets the kids in on the con it's so insane and also i mean yeah so so he does this presentation at the university he like shuffles and stumbles his way through it he is up there at the stage he basically looks down at a piece of paper that one of his kids drew and instantly as someone in the audience asks him you know what's the name of this tribe, you know, because earlier, you know, Ruth Allen, Lily Tomlin's character, she's sort of like, she's really like holding his feet to the fire. She's asking him questions about this tribe that he's gone on stage without any plan for like how he's going to lie about the existence of the tribe. He just knows he's going to lie. So he's basically getting up on stage and like 
haphazardly just throwing out like random factoids and details but keeping it also super general so as to not like pin himself in any corners um <laughs> and um which is the mock of a good liar as we've discussed many times on this podcast when you mm-hmm. swing big and it's like whoa 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 that's not how you lie that's not how you lie when you, you come keep in as with, like, close to the truth as possible and yeah. change the details that you need to change absolutely when people come in and they're like oh my god i remember she told me she was from denver and it's like oh she famously grew up in synecdoche and it's like <laughs> oh oh yeah but i mean like grew up in denver like she took a trip there when she was you know a teenager and really felt like she came into her own she lost her virginity that summer you know she started playing guitar you know it's like yeah like you got to be able to dig yourself out of that lie real quick and mm-hmm. like you don't mm-hmm. also there's a moment where he gets to the university he and he like walks into a classroom with like 10 people and he like has breathes a sigh of relief at the fact that like oh i just have to like bs this room full of 10 like aimless it's less it's like three people it's like three people in this room and he walks in and he like gives himself the old forehead wipe and he's just like by the skin of my teeth and it's like you you are a university professor this is not a lecture hall you at least need to know what a lecture hall is compared to what a classroom is baby like and then like jen elfman pops her head in veronica nobody's real name and veronica pops her head in and it's like (laughs) it's right over here veronica michelli um pops her head in and it's like it's right over here and so they he goes across the hall and it's hundreds of people in this lecture hall which is like yeah and this makes sense for a hundred thousand dollar grant yeah it makes sense that this would be the size of the of the room of the like yeah of the (laughs) attendees yeah and like and then goes the classic tale of just the mediocre white man failing upwards constantly throughout this whole fucking Yeah, no, he's he's really good at that. Yeah. Um he come then he comes up with a name. His kids I said this earlier, but Shelly, Mickey, and Edmund are the names of his kids. Um and he just comes up with Shell Mickedmoo on the moment. That's a name. <laughs> and he also like in describing this tribe, which for some reason has to have this like I don't understand why this tribe has to have like this wild sort of like defining characteristic, but he posits that like they are like the thing that makes this tribe distinct is that they have single parent families, um, but well, not just single father family. Yeah, it's because what... he's like he's basically like uh, you know mirroring mirroring it against his own family and then using things that he saw while he was in New Guinea to like sort of pad the truth about making it more quote-unquote like native to new guinea or like you know having that sort of you know that vibe i guess things that he's seen and just stealing from other cultures to create this you know thing but it's supposed to be because he's such a fucking egoist he can't think of anything else besides his own family and like his own experience yeah yeah also there's a moment earlier in the movie where like we found out that he has to do this presentation he doesn't know what he's gonna do and then I get the, I get why they did it for like a dramatic like for dramatic sort of storyline structure. But like he goes to his in laws, his his wife is deceased, but he goes to her parents' home to get the kids. And their parents say her parents say you can keep them here if you want. Like we'll watch them. And he's like no. And he like insists on bringing them with him. And it's like why do you want your kids to see you at your lowest possible moment? <laughs> Like what? Like, why are you bringing them? You don't into know this? what you're gonna say yet. You have no idea what you're gonna present, and you're like, no, I want all three of my kids to be there. 
It's like, so huh? I, w- I want to see, I want them to see me fail. And the thing is too, when he's in there and he's like, he, he has this like fake artifact at one point and he's like, this is like a, a thing that like the, Oh my God. He, I forget what the, I forget what, what's the, I wrote this uh, down. Shell. No, I remember what he says. He calls it a Neolithic dildo and he says it in front of his children. I was like, why no, are you doing this? That's not what I wrote here? down. He's been oh. kind of being, he's been asked, he's, there's been a query, querying has been happening from Ruth Allen, played by Lily, played by, goodness, played by Lily Tomlin in the movie <laughs> and then he picks up, names. right? And then he picks up this quote unquote Neolithic dildo, which is a part of like a toy that was like belonged to one of his kids that they yeah. happen to have on them and he picks it up and it looks like it's wooden and it's, cavernous sort of on one side and it's sort of like bulbous on the other and he's like oh this is like you know be and i guess what he's alluding to is the fact that since these were single parent homes this is what what it's like a prehistoric fleshlight or something i don't get it i don't know what the fuck he was talking about i was just like what's going i was like this mess (laughs) but then he says but then you know ruth allen is asking questions about it and then he says yeah it's a neolithic dildo and then he says you could take it home with you for the weekend if you like. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, sir? Like, that is that is a, a, a colleague. Like, I don't know who you think you are that you feel comfortable speaking to her that way. And everybody in the room is chuckling. And I'm like, welcome to the 90s, bitches. It, we were not as far along as we thought we were. But, like, you would legit be fired. Like, if you, you ever you, said something like, like, who the fuck do you think you are? That's he would have been Lily fired. motherfucking Tomlin, Richard. I know. I know. Tricky dicky. And I love... <laughs> I know that, like, her character, Dr. Ruth Allen, is supposed to be, like, his nemesis. And she's... But I love this character's energy because she is ready to commit her whole damn life at proving this arrogant, white... This arrogant, like, middle-aged white guy wrong. And to me, that is such beautiful energy to bring to this movie. And she almost does it. Spoiler alert. He, I have, get, he well, slithers out of it. But. Yeah, he gets away with it at the end. Don't worry, guys. Um, Don't worry. So no lesson is learned. Um, <laughs> also, Jane, I have to ask the question I always ask, and you hate it when I ask it. You already know what it's going to be. Do you know what it's going to be? No, I don't. I'm not oh. sure. There are a Was lot that... of questions I hate that you asked me. <laughs> what? Was Why that her suck? real hair? Why do you suck? No. <laughs> No, that was not that Lily Tomlin's real. Was hair. it a wig no. or was it her? It was. It was just a. It wig. was a wig. It was a wig, and it was a color. It was like this color orange that no. It was a couple. Di- it was a couple different wigs. There was yeah. one that was like thick and like luxurious in this way that was like. Also earlier, this is deviation again, guys. While all this is going on, he's making up this like fake like tribe, and we've got Jenna Elfman. Well, he brings who... the kids in on it. Well, and he brings the, the kids ki- are the first people we see in blackface, the, which okay. was a, another kind of horrifying moment where I was like, <gasps> Jesus Christ. But also while that's going on, Jenna Elfman, who like, it's like they don't know what they want this character to be. Like, Jenna <laughs> no. Elfman comes to his home, and she says that she is a professor at the university, okay? <laughs> there is nothing professorial about this character. It's like no. they... They added that in at the last minute because she does not at any point strike me as a professor. The, the whole time, the credentials she, are questionable. The, the credentials whole time, are questionable. All she's, 
she instantly sort of latches on once he sort of gets like that fanfare and like the hubbub around like his quote unquote discovery. She latches on to it. She figures out ways to start monetizing it. And it's like if she had come in and been like, oh, like I'm working as like I'm doing publicity for the university now, then it would have been like, okay, that would have made more sense because everything she's concerned with and every time she inserts herself in the story, it's literally her having figured out a new angle. Like there's something called uh primal time which is like oh my god it's it's like they can't nothing in this movie can be without some layer of offense like it's it's so it's so horrific like it's called primal time and it's obviously a take on prime time and it Mm -hmm. is essentially like a show that deals with like I guess, like, indigenous, like, I don't know, like, a Discovery Channel-style, like, indigenous population, like, centered in the telling of this story. Um, But it's also, like, A, a network? Because it's, like, they they make, she says it's a network at one point, and it's, like, huh? And it's, um, (laughs) I think David Ogden's... But it's also the Larry Swift show, which I think is supposed to be some sort of take on, like, I don't know, the Larry King show or something. Yes, and it's, um, it is David Ogden Steers who plays this character, um, who, like, is the host of Primal Time. He played, um, Major Winchester on MASH. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm old. Um, so anyway, uh, so he's the host of the show, like... Jenna Elfman is instantly trying to broker deals between the, these two people. She's like in like the whole time Krippendorf is like, tr- he's trying to get away from her. And she's like, no, I want you to meet, you know, this guy. And like, there's money to be made and all this stuff. She's all about the money. And it's just like, you're not a professor. Like no. you have at no point shown any sort of interest in anything remotely academic. Like scholarship no, she's is not just something all of, about the Benjamins. <laughs> but don't you agree that you're like, who is like, why is she here? And like, Absolutely. why are we, why are we trying to sell her as a teacher? Because she, She's not. It's, it's the most. She is the most confusing character in this because, <laughs> like, she has like no. She she. I can't figure out her personality either because, like, everything seems so disingenuous too. So it's like she. Comes I think that's in a Scientology, I, by the way. That probably is. <laughs> she comes in. She's like, I'm such a fan of you. Then he explains the, you know fake tribe and she's like immediately trying to think of a way to monetize it he like also like and then like she ends up like she so she decides they make all these videos where the kids and himself are dressed up in she doesn't blackface. but hold on jane she doesn't know about it yet though no she doesn't know about this she doesn't know that he's, he thinks that mi- the tribe that he says that he discovered is real she is trying to monetize it but she also does believe she thinks that it's what, real Yes. And she doesn't find out until the third act where it all I can't, becomes... I, I, <laughs> okay, let me get there. <laughs> you guys, this fucking movie. So... <laughs> you were going to take us into the, the burgeoning blackface. Yes. So, well, uh, there's so many things I want to touch on. So he makes his children dress up in blackface and put on sort of this, like, you know, what he just he decides is native garb. They do this fake, like, child circumcision video, and he decides, like, this is what I'm going to tell them that I've discovered. That, like, despite the fact that, like, really only Western society does circumcisions, I found this tribe in Papua New Guinea that does cir- that cir- 
circumcisions with like a rusty fucking um, hatchet. And he's so obvious about the whole thing. He's like walking through Home Depot with the kids in tow, like holding up, you know, like a fake grass and, and all these like things like make a, a hut. He's like holding pictures out to be like, does this match the tribe I'm going to? And it's like, if anybody spotted him, like, and then there's another point where someone does spot him because he's running around in his front yard in costume. And like, it's so, he's so fucking obvious about all of this. It's almost like he wants to get caught or he's so confident in like duping people. I think people that's what it is. That like, he just doesn't think he will be able to get caught because he's such an arrogant prick. Yeah, he like, yeah, he's building up this world. He's in the backyard. We see like, the only reticence we see, because at this point, the only people that know about it are the three children. And mm-hmm. they have been implicated in it. And we see Natasha Leone she's the only one who has a reticence towards what's going on she's also the oldest at first natasha leone is like i'm not participating this is crazy and then like the next scene she's like in blackface um dressed as as one of the shell mick and moo um so she doesn't hold out for long but it's hard you know when your father is um well, she's a teenager and her father yeah. is like putting the pressure on her to like be a part of and the being a grift. dick and is like you know, get involved in the script with me. So they make this video where there's the the circumcision, and so then they people's interest peaks, and then they want to make more videos. And Jenna Elfman, while still not known, sorry, Veronica Micelli, 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 who again nobody's named that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, you know, it would be a great idea. If we had like a video about, she was like, of course you've studied, um, you know, the quote unquote mating rituals of the um, Shell Mick and Moo. I can't even say their freaking name. It's so hard for me to remember. But it's like, okay, I have a couple questions about this. A, like, isn't it like, aren't, is it offensive to refer to humans as mating and isn't like a mating ritual like something you hear about on like a david attenborough special on like the on like animals in the wild and not human beings is that like it that that can't be right right do people talk there's, about mate there's mating something rituals with there's humans? something kind of odd about like you know referring to procreative like practices uh, of human beings as mating i'm not as familiar with like this type of like anthropology anthropological like uh, a conversation I guess and like words but there is something a little odd about it I didn't look it up because I'm famously bad at um, doing research for this podcast but I do think that like there's yeah. got to that like it, maybe it would maybe it was okay back in like National Geographic in the 1950s but we've like updated our language at least like it felt very it felt like it felt like very outdated language but either way um Richard Dreyfus decides to do it and the way that he decides to do it which is so fucking weird is and I don't even understand like he uh, invites Jenna Elfman over to his house for a drink she also, by the way, she apparently at this point has at several times shown like a romantic kind of interest in him. Like, like they've also, we've also, we also have the trope of like the overworked single woman who lives a loveless life at, mm-hmm. at, at, at hand here as well. So like the idea of like 28 year old Jenna Alfman needing to have sex with a 50 year old 
um, Richard Dreyfus um, is also like she's she she's like gotta have him. Um, right. It's like your dad dresses as a sack of potatoes, but okay, go to town. <laughs> get yours. Um, also, like no money. Like I'm sorry, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> But, but like, it's like <laughs> I know what you're saying. Well, it's I like know what this... you're saying, and it's not wrong. Here's why. <laughs> well, I am like... not saying that you should have. Well, a you should have sex with anybody for whatever reason you yeah, want. Yeah, at yeah, any yeah, point. yeah. Do you? But uh, but like I will say that like it is easy as easier as a viewer to wrap your head around the reason why a 28 year old attractive young woman would want to have sex with an older guy if he had some money and you know what no shame in anybody's game that sometimes for some people makes people more attractive Look, <laughs> i'm just gonna say this is problematic i'm sure i'll get canceled all of it but we are not talking about a brad pitt or jamie fox 50 year old okay <laughs> no it looks not. it looks a little different on different people um so and we're, all and we're also we're not talking like imagine like your dad's best friend who lives next door out in the morning in his robe in the front yard yelling at birds. <laughs> like, that's what we're talking about. Like, That's what you're waking up to. And in fact... And, and that's what you're like, you're twirling the tendrils of your hair while sitting on the porch thinking, what if, what if I bedded him? And it's like, chaos. Pure chaos. That's what will oh. result. Um, and like, then as Jane was saying, there's like, he decides because he needs like, obviously footage of like mating rituals because at this point he, okay. So at this point he's, he has presented some footage. Um, mm -hmm. he's presented like cursory footage of the circumcision to a room very similar to that first presentation. So it's just, he's out, what he's doing is he's splicing in actual footage from the trip that they took to New Guinea. And then he'll just do quick cuts from like actual footage of tribes, indigenous tribes that they visited to like these quick cuts of like, like these masterfully done, by the way, based on like, <laughs> like it's you, like, it's not what he was doing in the backyard, but these clips no. where they, where they switch into scenes with his children. <laughs> and like, also it's funny because like, first of all, they're in blackface, but his like little boy, <laughs> there has is such a no way around face. that. Yeah. And his little boy has such a little white boy face that's just plastered in mud. And it's like, <laughs> that is a white child, sir. Um, and they do all these close-ups on his face during, like, the the fake circumcision. But it's like, just like, you'd what? think, like, just to cross your I's and dot your T's that you would not do any fucking close-ups of your children in blackface pretending to be this undiscovered tribe. You'd think you'd maybe not have them look directly at camera, maybe do a side profile, maybe blur it a little bit just so that it seems like, oh, I no, didn't get this, a great shot of this, but no, no. this was like a tight, this was a, this was a nothing compares to you Sinead O'Connor type frame. <laughs> like, all eyes on this child. And, and, and in this it, case, this the single tear was coming from my face. <laughs> I mean, it's been seven hours and fifteen days, okay. Um, but like, it it's it's nonsense. And this this circumcision, which is happening, by the way, with this hatchet, this oh my circumcision, god, he's holding a hatchet. And I just found myself thinking, like, first of all, if you came down on a on a penis with that mm -hmm. hatchet, the head's gone. The head's gone. gone. 
There's That's no good. like there's no there's that's no... not how we do it and there's a reason why we don't do it that way. No. And like it is just the slamming of the hatchet into <laughs> the stump it, is into your into a five into a, a five year old child's it, child's it is genitals. And that's what he's showing them. And then they're like, we need more footage. We're like, we, we want to see more. And then so, like, the lie has taken on a life of its own. University's chomping at the bits because they want to be the first ones on the ground as far as discovering this tribe that still hasn't been vetted at all. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's it's insane. And then we So move- they come up with this mating ritual. And it's Jenna. They're at, they're at Dickie Dreyfus's house. And Hold he's... on, they don't come up with this. He comes up with this. <laughs> he comes up with it. Sorry, she is not involved. By the she's way, not, what at this we point, witness, she's not complicit. What we witness is like essentially a sexual assault because he gets her drunk. <sighs> yeah, no. On tons of brandy, and then they dress up as shell micked micked okay. moo people. So then we have another complication, which is now we are fully like fetishizing. You know this fa- this like completely made up you know indigenous tribe but nonetheless yes. like the feti- the fetishizing of like other you know yes. which is what's happening well, like i mean this whole movie is treating identities as costumes and so that is the problem here it's like the same thing where it's like it's 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 like when someone dresses up as a native american for halloween or something like that you know what i mean it's like treating something basing this character even if it's from a made-up tribe or whatever you are now dressing up dancing around speaking gibberish and pretending to be this tribe as a joke or as a sexual fetish or whatever. And that is the fetishization of, you know, cultures that you're not a part of, which is so fucking problematic. It is also <laughs> built from the iconography of like indigenous tribes. Yes, as, exactly. As, as they know them to exist in like the context of this movie and like within the the footage that actually did exist of their trips to New Guinea. So like mm-hmm. that is the the jumping off point here. And mm-hmm. so he convinces her that his kink because she has to be with him, by the way. Um which is like, like uh... yeah, which is like you know that like they were they were fully probably checking and like, you know, had their eyes all over Jenna Elfman's body, you know, and made sure that she looked a certain way and then Richard Gere got to show up. You know, he, in full Mr. Feeny drag. He, he ate an Italian sub right before and just burped his way onto set and was like, we good? And they're like, here, Jenna, put on these coconut boobs. They were like, Richard, come over here and do the paper bag test. Yep, all clear. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so they, they, so they jump so, around and dance in this makeup and this. Oh, this, they, yeah, they're fully and fully outfits. covered in the makeup. So now she is essentially yeah. wearing the same black face that his kids were wearing at the beginning, and he is mm-hmm. too. So they're both fully done up in the black face, as well as like all of the like, um, the accenting like makeup, like clay that sort of is like adorned in their, in their hair faces. and like they're, the hair. And, and I will and say. I, and they're undulating, say, and they're undulating, and yes. they're also like making like animalistic noises. That um, are it's gibberish. It means nothing. It and means it's not nothing. A real language, it's, and it's horrible. And I will say, as horrible as all of this is, on top of that, the fact that you're doing all of this while you're drunk before you're about to have sex seems like a lot of fucking work to me. <laughs> well, it's a lot of work. Also, it's like you want to have sex with him that bad. 
that he was like, this is what I'm into. And you were like, whatever, I've got to have it. Whatever you say, Professor. Whatever Hand you me- say, Mr. D- Mr. Dreyfus. <laughs> and so like, she's, and so she, he gives her like, I think like some sort of shield to hold. And she starts like gyrating around and like, she's making these awful noises. And the two of them are just hopping around. And then he goes over and like behind a scrim, he set up a video camera so he pushes record on the video camera so that he can, you know, get visual evidence of their, um, the intercourse mating that they have, ritual. their mating ritual, so that he now has a mating ritual to present to, um, you know, to this, the, the president of the university yeah. and the dean to show them that he has captured the mating rituals of the Shelmikidmu. So to sort of like further round out the con, we've now implicated her in it. And so without her consent, he has recorded her in order to create this footage. Which for, is a sexual assault. Just, which is sexual just for assault. The record. So he's drugged so he's so he's drugged her. He's got he's 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 gotten her well not drugged her, but he's gotten her drunk. Yeah, she plied her with her he's plied her with alcohol. She drank mm-hmm. her on record, but he plied with alcohol. She thinks now that although she has agreed to put on blackface, which tells you enough about white women <laughs> stand in the support of the movements. But <laughs> yeah. um she's great ally. <laughs> she's she's put on the makeup, she's agreed to like jump up and down around the room and like and by the way, this is a partake in this kind of like minstrel nineteen forty two. This is 1998 not that either one is better but it's like jesus this was like 20 years ago she's hopping around the room and yeah she fully has sex with him thinking that it was you know a private act done at his home um (laughs) albeit under uh interesting circumstances but still nonetheless way to put it (laughs) (laughs) still nonetheless she thinks oh you know what happened here stayed here and it's like and that's not the truth because he streams this is not vegas mama no, so, this is going everywhere. And they exactly. like have this weird morning where he's like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing, uh, you know, I'm going to stop studying the shell men. Do- what is it? Shell. Shell make and move. Shell make and move. I'm going to stop studying them. And so then they get into a fight and kind of like break up. And he admits to using her in the morning. Like he just, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says something like, well, you know, you win some, you lose some, whatever, get out of my house, basically. Yeah. And like, so she leaves and then sees herself. She's all depressed, like walking around and then sees herself in like what looks to be some sort of Best Buy equivalent where they're playing the story. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on though, hold on. Okay. Before we get there, I want to say... As she's, like, getting her stuff to leave the house, because he's essentially, like, get out. After he's had sex with her, he's, like, mm-hmm. throwing her out of his home. Then Tom Poston, who plays the... Who is the the brother. father of his deceased wife, so the children's grandfather, shows up at the house because... Okay. All right. I just remembered something. So he shows up at the house, and then she's there, and she's getting her stuff ready to leave, and... Tom Poston's there to talk about the kids and he overhears her sort of like yelling at Krippendorf and he's like, who is she? And then he says, oh, she's my maid. And as she's I like, that. oh, he says, oh, she's my maid. And then she says, screw you. And then he's like, oh, I got her from a new agency. She's really spicy. And she's like <laughs> grabbing all of her stuff to leave. And he's just like, he's just like further shaming her. Not that there's anything wrong with being a maid, but to like reduce like a woman you just had sex with to like, 
an employee is like wild. Right. He's and just like, he's just further cementing like how horrible he is. Like he's the least likable main character. Ever. Yeah, it's awful. And like showing her no respect or any regard for the gift that she just gave him. Um, yeah. And then also to go buh, 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 back. Speaking of cameos <laughs> and speaking of awful things that happened in this movie. Oh my as God. this is you remember now. Yes, I know. I know what you're gonna bring up. It's as this is all. As this is all happening, also, he's sort of presenting the research at school. I think his kids are being inspired by it. He's gotten some animals for the backyard. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of, like, young pigs, piglets in the backyard. It looks like there's a Which goat as well. Cute. They're adorable, of course. Um, but he's got them in the backyard as well to sort of create the ambiance. And then his his son, there's a presentation at school. They're, pro- they're probably dead. The pigs? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. This movie right. was made like 25 years ago. Yeah, they're deceased. How long do pigs live? I don't know. I'm just I got sad know. about it. 25 years. Um, but so he, so as the presentation school, he's in the audience watching the presentation, um, and the kids are they all have the different things to present on. His son, his older son, who's like about 10 or 12, Mickey, comes out on stage. He pulls out this hut that they've created. It looks like the hut that maybe was used in the backyard. It's covered in like straw all over it. It's like an umbrella that they fashioned and they covered with straw. And inside of it is probably a 12-year-old Mila Kunis, it appears. Um, <laughs> and, she, and like, he starts talking. He's got the pigs on stage with him. And he starts talking about this, like, fake tribe that his dad invented that now, you know, it's obviously, it's, it's spreading. His children are behaving in the same way that he is. And they're lying in order to get out of, like, responsibilities as well. And he starts <laughs> talking about this tribe. And he starts talking about these, like rituals of the tribe and how when a girl reaches the age of menstruation she is sent to a hut that she has to be inside of the hut until um a pig is then used she's doused in pig urine and this purifies her and then she's able to go back to the village so then he picks up the pig the girl you know mila kunis's parents are in the audience they realize it's their daughter inside of this hut they run up on stage to like pull her out he has the kid mickey has picked up the pig he's about to like she's waiting for the pig to urinate all over her. She, like, the parents come up on stage, the principal separates them and, like, pulls him away. And when the principal pulls him away, the pig, like, the pig is now aimed at the principal and then the pig starts peeing and it gets all over the principal's um, tie and shirt. How do you get, like, a pig to pee? Yeah, that's, how did you know the pig, how did you know the pig was going to urinate when you picked it up and placed its (laughs) anus within the face of, you know, Ashley Kutcher's wife? Um... I think uh, you mean um, vagina or I guess penis. I didn't. It looked like the pig. Well, it looked I like meant, a female pig. Well, I meant Kutcher is what I meant, but I see what you've done there. What do you mean? I'm just making a joke. Oh, I didn't get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I killed that. But I did. I did see. She's so adorable. And then she's really, she's really adorable. And then like her one scene is like waiting to get pissed on by a pig. And I'm like, what is this movie we're watching? Also, while you were talking, I did look up how long a pig lives, and it could be 15 to 20 years. So you know. Oh, what? well, these. This was about moving about 24 years ago. So they're probably yeah. still dead then, right? Well. Maybe, you know, but like sometimes it's like yeah, a life Some span. of them are probably, yeah, maybe some of them are still alive and in their last leg. <laughs> or maybe some of them were delicious, delicious bacon. And I'm sorry about that. But <sighs> anyways, <laughs> Mila Kunis. No, let's One sit of her in first that, roles. <laughs> no, let's sit in what you just said. <laughs> Getting pissed on by a pig. 
First time for everything. Um, oh. So, yeah, so that's so anyways, awful, so. So, so that Shelly is Shelly, not Shelly. Um, Veronica, Veronica leaves the house dejected. She goes and sees herself as this tribe member having sex with Richard Dreyfus on TV. She's, and she's she's at, she's at Best Buy, a Best Buy equivalent, maybe a Circuit yeah. City moment. And she's eating like, <laughs> first of all, she's eating. I When people do this, I always still do this day thing. This is wild what's happening when i go into a store and people are actively eating food while walking through the store oh, i'm always like what like what are you that. oh my god one of my friends told me i remember my mom i know we did too much of it and also this was pre-pandemic not that we, should, we shouldn't have been doing it anyway but my mom used to always be like you know we got to test the grapes before and it's like, oh sometimes those, and my mom did but that sometimes too. those handfuls it was like we're doing more than tests at this point <laughs> And I noticed that we, I noticed that we never buy that bag that all the testing <laughs> that that we test um, from. The sample size has gotten larger. <laughs> but I had a friend. I had a friend whose mom used to pull the grapes off the the actual vine. Like she just wanted a bag of grapes. She was like, "I don't want to pay for the stems." What? Yeah, she used to pull what? them off. That must have taken so long. Yeah. It was wild. And I remember being <laughs> just there are things that happened when I was a child where I remember being a kid and being like, I know this is wrong. I know that I'm a kid, but like, I I can't be here for this. Like, I'm scared. That was one. My uncle, when I was a kid, when we were like driving, you know, when you were like with your parents or like family member, you're driving around the parking lot looking for a parking spot. If we, sometimes you know how you drive, you like, you go too far ahead and then you mm-hmm. can't reverse into it because you were moving too fast. You missed it. But you're right. like still in front of it kind of. Yeah. My uncle would be like, get out of the car. Go stand there. And then he would make me stand in the parking spot and he would drive around and come back around to the spot. And like the person behind him would be like yelling and honking at me. And I would just be like standing there like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You have to go. You have to go. He'll be back. You don't want him to come back. And it was you like, do not always. Want to go back. I remember my dad used to, I don't know if he ever made me get out and stand in a parking space, but my dad has gotten, and my dad is like famous for like his road rage, but he has gotten into like several like, like screaming matches with people over parking spaces and like Oh, I'm sure Boston. they deserved it. I'm always I, team Bell. <laughs> oh my God. If I anybody yelled know. at your dad and I was around, I would like lose my shit. Okay. The thing is, though, like my dad, he, I'm sure he, oh my, my dad would, Me my and your dad, dad would have so much fun together. I'm sure you would, and you would absolutely be his um, cheerleader, which he needs when he unnecessarily cuts someone off. My dad is an asshole on the road. <laughs> like I love my dad. That's like he, my. That's like my uncle. But he will, no, like everyone who doesn't do exactly what my dad wants them to do in relation to where he's going or what he's doing is a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like he yeah, is, my dad's very famous for his road rage. Um, and I Sometimes did not clock it as a kid. I was so used to it. And then people would get into my car with my dad and they'd be like, oh my God, your dad's so scary. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> That guy? <laughs> you haven't you heard the word cunt before? <laughs> oh, wow, didn't know you grew up in a square family. Wow, um, I guess you uh you were raised by nuns. <laughs> that's like me. that's like which also I then married a crazy man as well. But like my <laughs> uncle used to like he would like he would lean over me like if somebody was in the like the, the lane next to us and he would scream at them like through like over me, like my uncle would be like leaning over me like who the fuck you think you're gonna wear that shit? 
And I'd be like, oh my God, like this is so much chaos. And like, that was it. And my uncle also would be like, like, I remember one time we were in like my mom's like Celica and like my uncle is a large man and we were driving my mom's Celica like back or maybe it was her Camry. Either way, it was a small car and we were driving back. And I remember these guys were like, they were like in front of us and they were to the side of us. It was like, and my uncle was like, ha, 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 they messing with us. They messing with us. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, it's because I'm in this little car because they think this is my car, but it's not my car. It's my sister's car. And I was like, I don't, do you think so? And he was like, people mess with you when you're in small cars. They think that you're a small person. And they think they can mess with you. And I was like, what? And oh I remember that. And, and that, inf- that was the reason why when my mom was like, what kind of car do you want? I was like, SUV. And my mom was like, God, SUV. I was like, yeah. And in my mind, I was like, small cars. My uncle told me. He knows. I can't, you can't have me in a Miata. I know what's going to happen. Um, so, you, couldn't, you couldn't fit in a Miata. I, I couldn't. I can't fit in most cars. That's like a thing now. When Dave like goes looking for cars, you know, whatever, and we need to get a car, like Dave mm-hmm. always, he'll like he'll go look sometimes before without me, and then he'll just be like, "You can't fit in that car." That's not. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "Cool, cool, 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 cool." cool, cool I love cool, my cool. body. All bodies are beautiful. Mine no, can't fit in a car. <laughs> it's because you're so tall. You are. Thank you. you are very tall. It's not because you're like you know. We clearly you're uh you're a man in great shape. You are also a very tall man. So it's I like, like that. Thank you. No. Yeah. My I hip mean... is like screaming. <laughs> like I like I like pick up an almond too quickly, and it's like, <laughs> where's the Epsom salt? It's a bath <laughs> night. Yeah, we're doing an old like... fashioned soak down. Yeah, this is you like fucking lift and shit. I don't even know. It's true. But also, yeah. I famously don't like baths as well. So, like, it's like a chore for me to get in a bathtub. And I'm always, like, looking at that clock. Like, I got it. Because also, I'm just like. But I've never lived in an apartment that had a bath, uh, like, a nice bath. Really? Yeah. You, you should come over. You, you, have, a, you have a nice bath. I, I'll come over and take a bath at your place. You could totally. You, anytime you want to, Janie. You can come over mm. and you can take a bath. And we'll put, like, the Sonos in there. And yes. I'll play Joni Mitchell's Blue, and <laughs> I will. And we'll cr- and you'll cry on the outside of the door with me. I'll cry on the outside of the door, and I'll, cry um, on the I'll of the door. lavender. Mm-hmm. We'll get lavender going. Oh my god, that'd be great. Eucalyptus. Is that Jane's birthday? Is this Jane? Is we describing what your birthday is oh going to be? God. You come yeah, over, ex- you take a bath. I'll make you a delicious mm-hmm. meal. Okay, that was the thing that we'll was Perfect. Oh my god, that's like literally the perfect birthday. Let's do it. I love it. Okay, so we're back to the movie. So we just so we so we talked about what happened. So I'm sorry. I know I know we're known for our tangents, famously. Um, but so so Jenna Elfman, she's dejected. She's no longer a part of this Krippendorf thing that she thinks is real. And then there's a moment where she's eating. Like also, I, I noticed those hundred grands on that on that shelf, and I was like, I see you. I see you hundred grand bars. Oh, I didn't notice that. I they love were there. Grand. They the were money there. in the bar absolutely oh yeah, yeah i'll take it all yeah. um and they're they're eating those hundred grand you know i love i we can't keep doing this but you know i love boston baked beans that candy and i know you don't really Ugh. like them oh my no. god i love them so much tara um, loves boston baked beans too which is like, delicious. disgusting they're i can't delicious. even it's like why like why am i eating these there's it's just oh bad god. candy I can't believe I forgot it. I thought of a name for another podcast for us, and I've completely forgotten it. And I, don't, <gasps> I just thought of the name, and then I built the scenario of the podcast around it. Hopefully, it'll come back to me. So, we, so Jenna Elfman's walking around. She's eating like a candy bar, and she's just and there's you know the wall of like 
televisions. And then all of a sudden, the show, Primal Time, that she brokered the deal between Krippendorf and the host of the show, um, it's airing. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about how they have rare footage of mating rituals. And then the camera flips to the mating rituals. In the middle of the store, he also does, like, a parental advisory warning before. I know, which is, like, crazy. And then it's the video is the beginning of her sexual intercourse with Krippendorf. It's her gyrating around in blackface. And it's Krippendorf. Also, there's a group of disgusting men at the store that are like, oh, I'd like a ride. I'd like a ride, a ride with her. It's, like, it's so vile. Whooping, whooping and hollering. Whooping and, and hollering. As but, ugh. But this she is performs she black womanhood. Like, yeah. oh, my God. It's... it's it's it is horrifying. It's all sorts of nonsense. So so all this is going on. So she's watching herself have sex with Krippendorf on this television in this like Best Buy type store on all of these screens. Everyone in the store has stopped and is watching. So she in that moment realizes that like she's been duped and that she's also been um a part assaulted. of it. Um, yeah. assaulted, duped, uh, and a part of this. I mean unknowingly, of course. Unknowingly. But, like, like she wasn't a perfect character at all, but like no. I don't remember her giving her consent to being recorded having sex with this gross, awful man. Um, so she runs out of the store embarrassed because a trauma has been committed against her. Yeah, like, this it is, is literally... It he, is so, he belongs in jail for a it, number of reasons. It is so foul. Like, it's, it's so... It's just unimaginable. Like I, like, I was watching that and I was just cringing like... Like, the amount of just disrespect and mistrust that's happened for, like, this to occur and you to have given yourself, like, the okay as, like, a human being to, like, move forward with sharing this information with the world after recording somebody without their consent. It's just disgusting. So she runs out. You're a sick person. You were sick when this started, and now it's just, like, every fucking scene, you are sick Worse than you are, yeah. Sicker. Yeah. It's it's exactly (laughs) that. And then, like, so all this happens, and then Jane got really excited by her indignity. Um, I was and just then, like, um, I just like, how many times can one woman say sick over and over You got again? a couple more in you. Um, <laughs> so that all happens. And then also Jane, sorry, missed opportunity, by the way. I can't believe that you didn't go as, um, hold on. You were a cat for Halloween. Okay. I wasn't just a cat. I was, it was my, one of my very best friend's birthdays. And Tara and I went as she has two tuxedo cats, and we went as each of her cats. Okay. Well, the fact that you didn't go for Halloween, when I say this, you're going to be like, oh my God. The fact that you didn't go as Gwen Shamblin Lara for Halloween from the HBO documentary The Way Down. Oh my God. (laughs) I just thought about about how that would have been the most incredible. Halloween costume that anyone could have done this year. This was the year to do it. And if you're listening to this, Halloween's passed and you missed it. And but you missed this it and I missed was it. Ha- the we're thing recording to do. we're recording the Tuesday after Halloween. So it's all like, you needed was absolutely. a blonde wig that you teased, teased into to the infinity heavens. and beyond. Brandon, like that was the perfect he, Halloween outfit. I wish this? I had did that for Halloween. Didn't we talk about this when we were watching the documentary? That it would make... I, I don't know. I don't I know if we did like, or not, but... I, maybe we both thought it, but uh, yeah, it's no. It's iconic. Really fucked up. That would have been... Also, R.I.P. So, um... So, anyway. Yeah, girl. Um, you brought so much, <laughs> by yeah, the way. a lot for the world. Um, and also, so all of this happened. So then, as this is all going on, Natasha Lyonne is trying to... We, is trying to get out of this whole thing. She's basically confronted her father, and she's been like, we need to be done with this. It needs to be over. 
And so she storms out of the backyard where they're in the middle of filming another scene with the two brothers in blackface. Everybody, everybody's in blackface except for Natasha. He runs out. He's now taken on blackface and he's wearing this sort of like performative regalia. And like he is like he's, he's got a headpiece. like chief this character it's supposed to be like a chief of this of this tribe and so he runs into the front yard to chase his daughter because natasha's like you said you were done with this earlier he promised her he was done but obviously he's still after it and so she he chases her into the front yard he's in full garb though and so he's telling her that he's filming his death scene as he's yes he's telling her i'm filming the death scene right now in the backyard this will be the end of the tribe i won't have to you know create any more information around it so as this is happening the dean and the president of the university, the dean, is played by um, Stephen Root. And then the president of the university is played by Doris Belak. She plays President Porter. She it was in so many movies. She's famously in Tootsie. She played Rita in Tootsie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's also in What About Bob? She played Dr. Tomsky in that. A classic. Um, so your girl, your girl is booked and busy. Well, until <laughs> her passing in 2011. Um, but okay. yeah, she's a famous <laughs> actress she who stayed booked, booked and busy is what we're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, and I'm sure she still is in in the in the great beyond. Um, but oh my God, cut this. Um, so <laughs> leave it. <laughs> so she is. Um, yeah, so they come to the... You know, she's she's a great actress, and I actually really love her because she always played characters that were, like, not about the nonsense, here mm-hmm. for business, and, like, she was that girl. She was always the HBIC in any movie that she was in, and she was like, let's get to it. Like, what's going on? I want to see their credentials. Always. And I love her for that. She always had, like, a really tightly coiffed, like, red... She gave, like... She's, like, who, like, Barbara Corcoran, like, I think, wants to be. Um, she was that kind of boss lady. Um... So, um, there's this moment where they get, they see him because they happen to be driving by his house, the Dean and the president of the university, they see the chief and earlier in the movie, they had sort of asked, they basically asked him like, could, you know, we want to see, you know, we want more, we want more footage. And so they see this character who is Richard Dreyfuss in full on blackface running into the backyard when he sees them. And then they show up at the house and they knock on the door and they want to get inside. And so Richard Dreyfuss now has to come up with a new lie. So he basically says, I have a member of the Shell Mickin Moo that I brought to the United States. And so they're like, we have to meet him. We have to meet him. You know, they've obviously given all this money. It's a huge story. He's on the cover of like Time Magazine and like all of these publications. And, you know, the story of the discovery of this tribe that like has this sort of single parent paradigm is like, all about all news which i'm also like when has this like ever been a thing that this type of knowledge was like something that like the world frothed for but um outside of academia right but he showed but like this all happened they show up and then so now he's like i've got so now he's got this lie where he's like oh i've got the chief he's he's praying right now so you can't see him and they're like we have to see him and blah 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 it ends up being that like he gets offered money to have the chief appear with him on television so this all coincides with like Jenna Elfman's character finding out that she was duped. In the moment that she sees the videotape at the store of her having sex with him, she realizes that the whole thing is a sham. So she mm-hmm. shows up at the taping and she sits next to him on the couch and she says, I will be an interpreter for him, basically. And so she sits next to him on the couch and she starts like 
being the interpreter, basically making up whatever she wants, and she really. Well, to be fair, they're both making up whatever they want. Oh, he's making yeah. up this like fake language. She's like doing a lot of grunting. It's so fucking offensive. It's it's awful. She brings like <laughs> worms on stage because she's like make, make him move. eat it. Love yeah. these worms to have him eat a worm. All this stuff happens, and then like after all this happens, they leave the stage. They're they're off the stage. He has the nerve to be mad at her the after she audacity. discovers the sexual assault that was committed against her. He has a nerve. Yeah. to be like oh i guess we're even now and it's like we will never be even the trauma and the that. violence that you enacted on my body without <laughs> my consent sir there's no world where we're even stevens okay so no. call shia all i did all and also he grabs her tits too on TV oh yeah he grabbed her breast her. roughly on stage to like try and like control her as she's like you know saying you know translating him in making a way him do whatever he wants like eat a uh a gross like it's a, it's a worm he eats like a worm on stage and he comes yeah. off stage and he's like we, we both had something Stevens. to each other <laughs> it's yeah like, and it's like honey no. her hands are mostly clean yeah These are literally covered in blackface <laughs> so yeah it's like... <laughs> like right now at this moment right now and so it's just like him being like no like you know and then she's like what like no we're not and he's like oh you know close enough and it's like oh the erasure okay the erasure yeah. of your of your indiscretions and so <laughs> then they're like then she's like in on it with him at this point he like pulls her in so now they're in cahoots because all of a sudden it's like the, the university wants to pay more money and so she's like oh my some god some woman i think mrs proxmire i don't even know at this point i started to stop paying real yeah. close attention to the plot because i was just like mrs proxmire is like i want to have a banquet and give you a a check for a bunch of money so I continue your research and they're like okay we're gonna do this so we're each gonna go to this banquet and they're both at different points gonna swap out being dressed up as the chief of this tribe which is insane because they go back and, and improbable forth. not in, possible in ab- okay so the thing is the thing is that like you know sometimes it's it's sort of like a mrs doubtfire moment where it's like you know the, at one point it's jenna Elfin minus all up. the charm by the Mar- way minus the charm and like you know the comedic chops and all that kind of stuff and um, robin williams who apparently this movie was built for <gasps> thank god he didn't do it my somebody god. knew somebody knew somebody, better he already had he already somebody, had enough jumanji on his hands i'm sure yeah. he was like <laughs> he saw the writing on that wall um, exactly yeah he was like but, he probably i'm sure he got um he's like i'm gonna be good while hunting while you guys are making this yeah like he- heading to the oscars this year i was like, gonna say as he doing? accepted his 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 oscar and I richard here probably filled it phone calls from his agents you mean trying to, like, dreyfus richard dreyfus richard dreyfus trying to slander richard gear <laughs> i do by and putting I actually this love, movie on him i love richard gear way more than like i should because richard gear is fine but like he does <laughs> and he's one of my mom's favorite actors so like no he's good he actually i've seen I an officer like... and a gentleman more times than most people and i've also i've seen, never seen that movie and i've seen pretty woman so many times and i got the delight and i got to make my husband watch pretty woman he'd never seen it before and i was like it's delightful and he was like oh i don't know i don't know i'm david i don't know i'm skeptical (laughs) and i was like no you need to watch it and he was like oh i don't know hubbub hubbub contrarian and i was like let's just start it and then we did and then he was like oh it's pretty delightful and i was like i told you and he just he just messaged in saying quote unquote it's fine (laughs) It is a delightful romantic comedy. 
I will and say it's an it's romantic comedy delight. canon, and like I don't want to. I'm not going to accept it's fine. I know he's smirking out there right now because he's like, "Oh, I got Brandon riled up," and I hate that I'm riled up about somebody saying Pretty Woman is fine, but it's like it's more than that. <laughs> I hate you. He just like <laughs> his cute little face. He just like chimed in. I love him, but I'm upset with him now, guys. Well, we'll see how dinner's going to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Jane, Pretty Woman's more than fine. No, Pretty Woman is a great movie. I will Pretty say Pretty Woman's that... a perfect romantic comedy. Absolutely. There is there is a caveat that I will say about that movie that I think I realized as an older person as opposed to like for its time an absolute perfect romantic comedy. But one thing I will say that I don't love about the outcome is that it is sort of like uh, a, a male savior saving, saving the woman. Yeah, I get that. Which like I I understand that exists in a lot of other movies, but in that movie it's sort of, sort of very glaring. And I think like when you're younger, you don't understand that you see that all the time, and then when you're older, you, you start to be like, you know you start to like see that trope happen all the time. And so it sort of taints things for you. And that I will say, I still love that movie. It does not taint it for me. I will watch that movie at any point at any time and still enjoy it. But I am aware of that fact. Do you know what I mean? You have to see the, the director's cut where she actually shares with him that she has a master's degree and is a CPA. Um, oh. And so <laughs> she's good. She's, she's good. good. He doesn't help she's her good. at all. And he shows no. up in the limo at the end and she's like, I actually, um, my Lexus is right over there. So I'll follow <laughs> you in the in the limo. And I would love to own property jointly with you. But um, Both those names I'm, on that date. Both of those names on there, Bubby. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be cut off the narrative. I'm not going to be stifled. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. And I'm going back to school and I'm paying for it myself. And this red hair is naturally the color of my hair. I've Absolutely. never had And I wake up with these perfect frizzless curls. Um, have so we solved it. Okay. We solved it. <laughs> um, so anyways, so they're switching back and forth between dressing up as this chief of this tribe. And it's so improbable. It does the thing that I hate in movies, which I've talked about on this podcast many times, where somehow someone does a quick change that would in real life results in like three to four hours in hair and makeup and yet they're able to do it in seconds <laughs> just back and forth also the fact of the matter is too that jenna elfman and richard dreyfus are completely different heights completely different body types and yet everyone's just supposed to buy that this is like the 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 same person every time and at the end they even almost get away with it like the professor there's this other professor who gets a fax in from Lily Tomlin's character who's, who, out of spite, which I love, traveled all the way to Papua New Guinea to prove Richard Dreyfus's character wrong, that there was no tribe called Shelmikimdu. What is it? Shelmikimdu. Shelmikimdu. There's no Shelmikimdu tribe. And she does that. So she sends a fax and before, right before they're about to hand this very huge check over, this guy runs into the banquet with, I have to say, the flimsiest evidence ever, which is just a piece of paper from a fax machine that says this guy is a liar, which like isn't actual evidence, but it still causes a stir. 
No, yeah. So, like, she goes all the way there, which, by the way, if she's a professor, that means she had to cancel all of her classes to, like, in a day, to, like, on a whim, go, like, discover, you know, yeah. that he's lying. But, I mean, I guess she gets after it. Also, in a wildly inappropriate scene, there's a one... Her... Um, so when she goes there, she brings um, a fellow professor. So we've got two professors who are supposed to be at work who have hopped on a plane. Um, the other one is played by <laughs> Siobhan, Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Um, okay. She's in a bunch of movies. Um, but they show up in, um, you know, New Guinea, I'm assuming. What's supposed to be New Guinea. Um, and she is standing outside. They're waiting for a ride to wherever since they've arrived here without a destination. And oh God. <laughs> there's a woman who who's like who eats the head of a bat. Like okay, this first woman of all, is. She, first of all, they're they're supposed to be a street, a street fair in Papua New Guinea, whatever. They are on a soundstage in Bourbon, California, but whatever. Oh, absolutely. And it's so problematic too because it's like an Asian woman sitting there eating off the head the head of a bat, and I just thought like, oh God, this isn't this doesn't look good back then, and it didn't doesn't look good in the time of COVID. It's, but she also has a like she has like a rack of like bats next to her, so she's like a vendor of like dead bats for people to eat, and she like <laughs> bites off this bat's head, and it's just like, wow, <laughs> y'all just did this, y'all like, just so... did all this. So it's like that's happening, and then like she's there looking for this tribe. Meanwhile, we've got yeah, we've got these two clowns. Um, we've got these two clowns played by Jen Elfman and Richard Dreyfus. One of whom is at the twilight of their career, and one of whom is I, I guess just trying to trying to piece it together. She probably thought, oh my god, I got like this this role and this like you know movie opposite an Academy Award winner. I'm gonna be the female lead, like. You know, here come the accolades and like finally yeah, I'm, I'm going say- to like I'm saying no in a bizarro world. Like, yeah, she's, she's probably like I'm gonna knock I'm finally gonna knock Julia Roberts, you know, and, and Meg Ryan off their 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 flimsy their pedestal. Thrones. I'm the new queen of rom com. Um so no to all that. So it's her and Richard Gere switching off who's playing the chief. So they're both sort of like sort of oscillating back and forth between blackface. And then, like, putting on a tuxedo and, like... And then all of a sudden, they also, at one point, are about to have sex. It's like... Yeah, they all of a sudden become so attracted to each other through this horrible scheme. It's like... And, like, and Jenna Elfman's wearing the, like, the the ugliest lingerie. Oh, my God. Um, it's so bad. And the ugliest dress, too. I was yeah, like, girl, dress... you couldn't even come up with something cute for this. Yeah, it was like, it. what in the roof is going on? Um, <laughs> and so it's the two of them going back and forth. Uh, but we reveal it's revealed that she's wearing these gloves that basically go up to her armpit in length, and she pulls them off to reveal that her arms are completely in the black makeup that she's been putting on her face, so that it makes it quicker for her to be able to change in and out. Um, and uh, it's it's insane. It's mm-hmm. insane. And then like she like guy dons she... a beard and like all this. It's like there's no way she would be able to be in and out and then like look like a normal person attending. No, because you'd have to get all that makeup off, which then your face would be, like, red from all the scrubbing. And then apply new makeup and also do your hair. Like, no fucking way. It's, no, it's it's a crazy amount of things that have to happen in order for you to, like, perpetuate this, like, grift on this level. But, like, all this is happening. And then we have the professor who shows up, um, 
who shows up and he has gotten evidence via fax from Ruth, as Jane mentioned earlier, that the tribe also, all the evidence says is that I found no evidence of of, of the tribe, of the Shell Mikinmu. It does, like, that's not enough to interrupt a banquet of this, like, prestige to, like, run in with a piece of paper in your hand yelling, you know. Well, it's, it's not, not evidence. It's, it's not just evidence. someone saying something that you it's just can't a thing verify that's whether happened. it's true or not. No, it's literally um, it's literally him just running in with the paper in his hand and stopping everything, the procedures, to be like, I'm sorry, which, like, this is a scene that's famous in movies, obviously. is somebody showing up. I mean, have you seen The Fugitive? Um, somebody showing up. I have up not. Fu- I've famously not seen The Fugitive. I've told you that oh, 18 times. okay. She didn't get the reference then. Um, you know, I did not kill my wife. Get (laughs) off my plane. Six days, seven nights. (laughs) Um, but, um, so he have heard that. I did not kill my wife. I was a one armed man. No, (laughs) I thought it was, I don't care. Wasn't it? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're right. It, that, that's, 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 that's a great scene. Tommy Lee Jones, TLJ. Um, yeah, an Academy Award winner who behaved like an Academy Award winner. Um, <laughs> so we've got this nonsense going on. Then he shows up and he's like, I'm going to interrupt this whole banquet to be like, look, I got this paper facts. And it says that, you know, sh- that, you know, Professor Allen didn't find any evidence of the, of the Sean McKinley problem. It's like, oh, okay. And then somehow they like get out of it because like the kids are like, uh, the kids like. I don't even know what they do. They stand up and they're like, hey, guys, like, that's not true. Like, they have, they're able to, like, hide themselves or something. And people are like, what? And then. Well, they, they sorry, don't really, I don't... like, initially they don't really get out of it. So this guy reveals nothing, basically, other than that they may not be real. And then he kind of, like, like, Richard Gere kind of acquiesces and is kind of like, yeah, but it's like really like blurred and then, he takes, and then they, his, yeah. he takes off his head basically to reveal himself that he's because he's in the chief garb at this point when the guy comes mm-hmm. in he takes off his you know his chief head and reveals that it's this white man underneath everybody's shocked then like the president and the dean sort of pull him and um jenna elfman's character veronica into this room and they're basically laying into them about how all this stuff's gonna have to happen and like you know there's gonna be all these repercussions and blah 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 and then they get a phone call from lily tomlin's character in um papa New- and she says, you know, I'm with Shell Mickenmu right now. The Shell Mickenmu do exist. And we see that, like, she is in a tribe where they're doing the circumcision the way that he said that they were going to do the circumcision with the hatchet. And we see lots of people dancing around and chants happening and all this stuff. And we're sort of left confused and scratching our head, like, what? Did he, like, make up this tribe that actually exists somehow? And then we find out, like, in the next scene, after we sort of move forward in time, we find out that, like, his daughter had reached out to the chief of the tribe from the beginning of the movie that I mentioned, like, the actual footage of his wife, when the, the kids and everybody, when, when they were in Papua New Guinea, and they were sort of convening with this tribe. Um, his daughter somehow reached out to the chief of the tribe and got the chief of the tribe to gather all of his tribe's people, and they all, like, set up this fake version of the Shalmikidmu tribe and like apparently she also communicated to them the rituals that her father had perpetuated and like and all like, of these things so ridiculous and it's all like, for the why? purposes of like duping Lily Tomlin's character <laughs> and wh- yeah why are these people stepping outside of themselves and like to like help their identity or white man in white order man, to help like, this guy like yeah what's in it for them like, like they have nothing better to do 
besides like put on a show for these you know these white people who are like trying to quote unquote discover that it's just it's also so I don't know ridiculous. anything about geography or how big Papua New Guinea is but I can but like how were they even able to logistically like work out like the location of where to no set idea. this all up at in order for like her to discover them in like action as a tribe it makes no sense but like so his daughter was the reason why the tribe at the last minute showed up and was able to um confirm and corroborate all of the bullshit details that he made up earlier and you guessed it like krippendorf gets away with everything scot-free and like no lessons learned nobody grows uh white people (laughs) win again white white mediocre white men win again and it is just it is it, it it's insane i don't no, there's zero consequences. No, white people win again because what? Jenna Alfman wins too. That's true. Jenna she, Alfman, and they're, and dating, she's there and they're having, dating now as well. I guess so. That's like the suggestion. It's like also why that's not who you how? build a life with, girl. Like no, the, what he did to you. Like I <laughs> like, don't know. I don't know how you, how to show you red flag more. You like, should be if, on the stand testifying against him. Absolutely, you should be state's evidence, Mama. Yeah, I know. It's so unbelievable. It's insane, and she's in the backyard, like you know, ha ha, and he he, and with his kids, and it's like he's a lo- he's a legit monster. Like he, he's he's a sex offender, a liar, like everything that is bad. And the whole movie, like the parents of his deceased wife, are trying to like get these kids to like put them into like a school and get them away from him. And he's like fighting for them. And it's like, no, they're actually right though. The the grandparents should be listened to. You are yeah, they are right. Like there are things going on here. Child, your children bad lessons. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't good. You're not a good father. And like also like you you must still be in like financial ruin. Like, because all be. that money's gone, and last time I checked, that phone was ringling in with creditors <laughs> every day, hour and and hour, one moolah. And you never got that big check again, you know? No, baby, you so, never got it because the jig was up. Although, honestly, knowing them, they probably did get it. Yeah, honestly, that's true. I mean, like it, again, he this whole movie, he is just, you know, failing upward. So I'm sure he probably got, you know, one again. Probably Some got a promotion. I'm sure he got a promotion. Probably, you know, teaching head of the department. Probably right after yeah. that. I'm sure he's. Ugh. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's Krippendorf's for you. That's Krippies. I cannot believe I've never heard of this movie. I can't believe there's an larger conversation. I think they tried to. I think they tried to like suppress it after. Area. I'm actually. I was honestly surprised that we could rent it because I yeah. mean. It, doesn't bode well for them like i if i was in charge i would be like bury it yeah for the love of god like Mm -hmm. but i think it's probably just like under rug swept and it's gone away but it's an extremely offensive racist misogynistic like piece of shit movie and it's like (laughs) it's so terrifying i mean yeah enjoy enjoy viewing you know as we always encourage you have a great time (laughs) you'll be appalled too we can be appalled together yeah Um, no i mean i do think you know I actually was um, in some ways grateful that I saw that blackface tag um, before the movie started. Aren't you always? I, <laughs> well, okay, so the thing about this movie too is it's so crazy. It's like normally if you know a movie or a TV show has like blackface in it, it is usually 
one scene it's pain it's like uncomfortable it's painful you don't want to see it you sort of just hope that it passes by quickly if 30 it's rock like, we're looking at you yeah 30 rock we are looking at you two black swans never forget um and so you're like oh god like i, I like Either you're watching something and you know it's coming or, you know, it's an older movie and someone has said, by the way, there's this scene, but I still think this is an important movie for you to see or whatever. I have never seen, I don't think, such an egregious use of just continuous blackface. Like, there's just so much in this movie. It is not one scene you have to grit your teeth through. It is every other fucking scene. And it's like, and it is the, it is the butt of the joke every single time. And it is used a little, anybody and everybody. And it, it's, you know, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to view. I'm, you know, I'm sure you felt the same. No, yeah. It, it, it was, yeah, it was really, it was awful. I mean, it was so much and it was just like, wow, like, I mean, the bar was so low and like, it just it was not that there's a way for it to have been funny but it was just like aside from it it's just not a it's just a lazy movie that like it's leaves so you lazy. with so many more like questions than answers and like doesn't yeah. even try and answer questions really Mm-mm. um and there's no lessons learned like no. even there's literally I, not a lesson learned there's not a lesson learned at all just, it's like that's the thing it's like norm uh, well i don't know there's no excuse there's no excuse for this kind of storytelling and this kind of vehicle but if and and this is maybe i shouldn't even use the word but there's no excuse for this and if there is something like this you'd hope that there would be someone learning something from something but that does not show up here (laughs) in any way so um I will say it was an experience. It was an experience. And I did there I did enjoy watching this movie because I have never um I don't think I've ever had a viewing experience that was so unexpected before. <laughs> so in some ways that was like you know uh, uh, uh it's like it's like a, you know you know what it was like, Brandon? It was like watching a car accident. And every new scene was that car making another revolution down, like, uh, you know, down the the side of a a mountain as it falls. (laughs) And the very end was the crash itself. Yeah, that's a a good analogy. uh, It's like nobody's in charge. It is just the blind leading the blind all over this movie. And uh, And it's hard to watch. (laughs) Yeah, it was a rough one. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, we watch it so you don't have to. But if you want to, <laughs> then, you know, go do you. Check it out. It's it's there. If you want to be appalled with us instead of, you know, just listen yeah. to us be appalled, then, you know. If your you. curiosity is piqued, check it out. It's check not it out. good. Take a look. We want you. We want you. <laughs> um, so, Janie, I'll ask you the question. Yeah. Um, is this a movie that you would watch again? <laughs> I I would not watch this movie again. No. That's what, that's what I figured. Um, uh, and then I will ask you the next question, which is, do you have a movie for me to watch next week? Well, I have done my job. So yes, I do have a movie for you to watch. And I am very excited about this one. I've been wanting to just, I've been waiting for the right time to roll this out. And I think it's time. Oh. It is 
a actually let me hold on let me look up the year because i don't know um okay it is the year i thought it was okay this is 1994's Mm. reality bites okay i've never seen this movie uh, well, yes, that's sort of the vibe. Of no, the but I mean, I'm confirming for you because <laughs> okay, you could have yeah. been wrong. I knew you hadn't seen this movie. We've talked oh, okay. about it before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I've like seen it. Like years ago. Before. Yeah. yeah it, I know it's Winona Ryder. Yes. And Ben Stiller. Yes. Okay, that's all I know. Okay. It's, um, I haven't seen it in years, but it was one of my fave movies to watch growing up. So we'll see if it holds up. I can't wait. I, I do have to ask just because um, yeah. uh, I hope it's the answer I wanted to be. But does this movie have blackface in it? <laughs> it has been it has been a few years since I've seen it. But I'm going to confidently say no, this movie does not have any blackface. And Brandon, this movie I don't think has any black people either. So. Oh, that's how they got around it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. It's one of those those worlds where where we cease to exist. Yeah. Yeah. The whites yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah, um, they do famously. So don't need us complicating the story by bringing you know too much fervor or sass. Um, so yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm sure they use our music in it, but oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump into it. I can't wait. Um, thank you guys. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed us listening to talk a ton of shit about Krippendorf's tribe. And if you want to continue to hear us talk shit, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed. We are on Twitter at MWM Chat. And if you like what you hear, please pop into Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. And the most important part is that you write a review because that is like helpful or something about an algorithm. So make sure you do that. And we will see you next week for Reality Bites. And Jane, by the way, did you want to, you gave them the three social media platforms. Did you want to give them your personal phone number though, just in case? (laughs) I'll give them yours. His number is 214. No, 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 no. Oh, no? Is that not? No. All right. Well, when we'll, when you feel safe, we'll share it. Okay. Um. Anyways, we love you guys. We will see you next week. We thank you. We um hope you guys have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Hindsight is a bitch.